You're listening to Sports Content Strategy with Mr. Richard Clark. I think we are the only club in Europe this period of time that we are talking. And I believe in, back in 2013, Benfica did something similar, but not as a, an OTT platform, but a linear channel. But this stopped, I think, after the first year. So, yes, I believe that we are the only ones. Yes, we're trying to, to see the bigger picture, generally. We're trying to either forecast or see where the football is going. And we believe that football and generally television is going that way. So we wanted to be the first that they had the power and the madness, let's say, to be crazy enough and capable of doing it. Pauk is an old school and very sentimental football club. It's the only club in Greece that, despite not winning league title for the last 34 years, it constantly upgrades its fan base. We're the only club that didn't win and actually generated more and more fans from the young generations. So it's a club that needs to invest in this type of feeling and the connection between the club and the fans. Hello and welcome to this episode of Sports Content Strategy. My guest this time is Panagiotis Aroniadis. He's in charge of digital and new media at Pauk, the champions of Greece. And they've done something very different, something that is pretty much on trend at the moment, or certainly a lot of clubs are thinking that way. They've gone direct to consumer and they've launched their own OTT channel just for league games at home. But it's a very interesting move and the conditions are right for them, as I discuss in the podcast. They've come up against lots of issues, problems, as you would expect, but they are pretty much standard bearers. They are leading the way on this. And it wouldn't surprise me to hear of a lot of people talking to Pauk and asking them what they've done and how they've done it. If you don't know who I am, I'm a consultant in sports digital content strategy. You can find me at mrrichardclark.com. Mr. Richard Clark is my name on all social media as well. E on the end of Clark. Anyway, let's talk about content strategy, Greek football, and doing something very different in the OTT space with this man. I am uh, Panagiotis Aroniadis. I am the new media director of uh, Pauk Football Club, the reigning uh, champions and cup uh, winners of Greek Super League. I have all the digital strategy and the social media handling and content creation for the club, which is a program uh, and a structure that uh, was created around uh, three, four years ago. And it, uh, it's, it is carefully implemented across all our platforms. And also I am the project manager of uh, our newest and biggest project so far called Pauk TV and it's our own sports OTT platform because we have the rights for our home games and we distribute them worldwide through our uh, OTT platform. Panos, you asked me to refer to you as Panos and that's fine by me. So Panos, thanks for speaking to me. Um, Let's just dive in to that OTT part because it is special, it is different Um, And it's a really interesting topic. So many rights holders are thinking of diving into their own direct-to-consumer OTT channel, various guises, but you've actually done it. So how did that come about? Why did you do it? Uh, We started thinking about creating our our own sport, uh, our own OTT platform uh, two years ago when we had some trouble with our... uh, contracts for the TV rights 
So we created Power TV initially as a backup plan in case that something went wrong and we didn't uh, find the broadcaster to to host our games. So we created this platform in 2017, which was two months ahead of its time because we are discussing now it's 2020 about the OTT platforms and we see that Premier League is uh, thinking of launching this type of platform and generally all the television programs are heading towards this uh, this direction. So we created it in 2017 and actually worked for the first two seasons for the PAUK funds abroad, for the overseas funds, because we actually signed the contract uh, with the broadcaster back then for uh, two years. So we kept the internet rights for uh, the whole world. So any fan outside of Greece who wanted to watch our home games could uh, opt for the pay-per-view method and uh, watch the game in full HD. But the production was done by the broadcaster that uh, we had. From uh, this summer of, uh, of summer of 2019, we the contract ended and we didn't find the solution because the TV rights in Greece it's a bit tricky and a bit confused situation for many factors that play a significant role in this uh, in this uh, sector in this part of the business of football. So we decided to go in full scale and uh, activate uh, our existing sports OTT uh, platform for the whole funds. So we kept our TV rights and we distribute them directly from uh, our Park TV platform for the whole world. So anybody wants to see our home games, our uh, uh, league home games, should go and uh, buy either an, an annual subscription or the game with uh, the pay-per-view. Does this have exclusivity? You, you can't see these games live anywhere else, only Pout TV, and of course it's only home games, as you said. But exclusivity is is a selling point, right? And and, and you've got that. It's not, it's not simulcast live on any TV station, no? No, no, no. Not anywhere. Okay. What did you learn from the initial couple of years where it was just an overseas venture or a venture for overseas fans. What did you learn about the OTT business? Actually, the first two years was nothing uh, important in terms of learning because, uh, as I told you before, the broadcast itself was uh, done by a production company from the broadcasters. So we only uh, got the signal and distributed for the funds abroad. From things changed from this summer that we do everything on our own, and from summer until now, yes, I've learned a lot. It was a difficult uh, year for us, having to deal with all these type of things that uh, so far we couldn't even imagine. But uh, it's working well, despite being like an actual testing period for us because we had no option of being totally prepared since the decision of going uh, on full scale was uh, taken less than a week before our first official game. So you can imagine it was a bit of a madness preparing everything. But uh, over these past few months, we've... uh, evolved a lot we've uh, solved any problems that uh, we faced and we are keep on uh, evolving and uh, talking about and organizing the the restructure of the whole model so the next year the next season 
find us uh, better prepared and uh, safer, faster, more convenient to the user, a totally new experience. So what have been the issues? Because you've got, I mean, you can hire a production company. Uh, uh, I presume you've done that rather than shot it in-house. Is that right? Yes. Okay, fine. So that that's a, a relatively easy tick. But what about the practical side of getting that on the website uh, or, or, or all sorts of devices, I would presume, putting a, a, a paid-for fence around it, the, the financial mechanisms as well, where you've got to get the revenue in, marketing it. How have you solved all those thorny issues? We are lucky enough to have uh, very good uh, partners across all these type of uh details that you mentioned which are not details are rather important in fact uh, so we in cooperation with our partners external and internal we managed to solve the issues uh, that we faced uh, the biggest issue is to be reliable for the users uh, because here in greece also the internet connections and the, and the speed of the internet is not so good so we have to find constantly solutions for uh, not metropolitan areas but for uh, villages or uh, hometowns that doesn't have very good fiber connection or something like that this is one of our main issues and uh, with with the bank and the paywall we found the solution with one of the biggest uh, bank vendors in uh, in Greece which were still in contact and trying to make the service even better because uh, even the bank was not prepared for something like that because uh, going into a big game uh, the past two hours before the kickoff it's uh, very very difficult also for the bank to handle it because uh, you imagine if all the funds uh, go at the same time to buy the service. Uh, this could create problem to to the paywall service, and uh, actually did because before one game, for example, we had in the last ten minutes before the game around fifteen thousand uh, buys, uh, which created a problem with uh, with the system of the bug, not completing all the transactions and leaving some uh, of them pending, which is a a bit tricky because one user he thinks that he had paid and he goes in to watch the game and uh, the bank hasn't uh, converted his uh, his acquisition. So we managed to solve this with uh, cooperation with the bank and we are dealing with all the compatibility issues across all the devices as you've said. Uh, because in smart TVs, the web players are not always compatible. So we've deployed an LG smart TV app. We are in uh, talks with Samsung to deploy the Samsung ties and also smart TV app, uh, which covers more or less around 80% of the smart TVs uh, in Greece. And uh, this problem uh, of compatibility will be solved for next season, as I've mentioned before. And uh, we will be available and easy to, to watch across all the devices with uh, separate uh, smartphone and tablet uh, applications and uh, TV apps for all the types of uh, devices also and uh, Chromecast. What are your price points and why did you put them where you put them? We want to be 
cheaper than the actual uh, TV broadcasters uh, and how they offer their TV rights. And we want to be close to Park fans, which is the core of our users. We depend on Park fans because it's a service only for one club. This is the big difference between us and other uh, OTT platforms like Dazon because they sell football to all types of uh, viewers and users. So we mainly focus on our fans, but also we want to be close to the away fans. The type of production uh, and uh, the broadcast is not a club TV as uh, you can imagine. It's uh, totally neutral, uh, paying attention also to, to the visiting, visiting team with uh, reporting, with interviews, with everything. So we're trying to be uh, as neutral as possible and uh, we set the price for the annual subscription at uh, 70 euros which is uh, almost 7 euros per month for a season which is I believe rather logical and reasonable for a price of a fund to, to pay and, and for that do you just get the games or do you get all the other videos the post-match interviews and the press conferences and other things you get everything with the 70 euros you get everything okay and i mean I'm, I'm not sure if you have made these figures public but is it um what's your what's your level of uptake how many fans have subscribed is it is it financially viable for you is it in profit what's the financial position uh, we not we don't disclose uh, numbers of uh, subscription due to club policy but uh, yes it's uh, for the first season it's profitable. We get money out of it. We don't pay anything and we get money. So we are talking about closely with uh, the numbers that we should get. And we asked from a TV broadcaster to sell our TV rights, uh, even from the first season and from the second season. Our target is to have um, 30 or more uh, percent uh, increase of our revenue. Okay, so, so you're saying... You've made what you would have made had you sold it f normally to a normal TV station. Yes. Right. And you're looking next year to increase. Okay. Interesting because, as I say, so many rights holders are looking to do this. Have they contacted you already? Has word got out that, that this has been, um, you're painting it as, as successful and, and worked pretty well. Um, have other people contacted you? Or do you know they're looking at you? Because if you get it right, it's a model to copy, right? Yes, you know, here, uh, having uh, in mind that, as I told you before, for political and uh, many other reasons, TV rights are a bit tricky in Greece. Everybody was trying at first to prove that this will never work. When they didn't uh, achieve to, to prove such a, such a thing, they kept on uh, saying about us that we wouldn't make any money out of it and that actually we would pay money to do it, which was also not the case. There's, then they started to, to say that the, the service is not working properly, which is also sold and not, it's not an issue. So unofficially, now that from the, for the next season, many clubs would have problem to, to sell their TV rights because the national television is not... Uh, any more interested in buying football and now national television has six or seven teams uh, which at the end of the season will have no contract and the rest of the teams uh, are uh, 
have contract with a TV broadcaster that is maybe bought by one of the clubs or the main club's owner, which can create also a problem for them because being a big club, you don't want to receive money from an owner of a rival club. So you can understand that this will create problem and disruption in the TV rights. Uh, unofficially, many clubs have also have already contacted us to see what we are doing to learn more about our infrastructure and how we've built this this model. So they potentially try to opt this uh, this model of uh, of TV rights and also. Uh, Unofficially, one or two companies that are investing in TV rights and in television in general uh, contact us to see if we are interested in joining them or selling our platform to their service. But we keep on having our rights and so we are not interested in this type of uh, acquisitions and we're trying to invest and uh, evolve our product. Sorry, just to clarify what you said there. Did you say that the other clubs contacting you about you setting up a service which they could use as well? So you'd effectively be a broadcaster. Is that what you're saying? Not actually. They are trying to find what we did so they see if they can do it on their own. But they are trying from us some, uh, they're looking from us some advice, let's say. What level of broadcast have you got on these? Because, you know, Sky in England is. 28 cameras or whatever it is now i remember doing an after we we i did a uh reserve games with three cameras and it was it was fine it worked it was okay but 25 is better than three so what what level have you pitched your your broadcast at is it hd what camera level is there a show around it Greece. so far we have not uh, sky coverage of 28 cameras of course it's not the, this type of level not from our club tv channel but generally so what we do is uh, cover our under the reserve team or under 19 as we call it here uh, games with uh, four cameras and the the first team uh, home games it's a minimum of nine cameras in the let's say small games and this goes up uh, to 22 now that we have to the big derby on Sunday against Olympiacos is going to be covered by 22 cameras in full HD, of course. It's full HD. And what's the fans' reaction? Because, yeah, you're streaming online and that's great. And you've got connected TV a deal. That's great. But Pauk are a very traditional club, 93, 96 years old, very old, had some big history and a, a big support. There'll be a lot of, uh, shall we say, more senior fans <laughs> that might not be able to stream who've been long existing fans so has that noise been loud and if so how have you coped with it generally we disrupted the way football is consumed in greece then this created a, a noise generally not all not uh, among our fans only but generally because the football watching uh, culture in Greece is very certain. Either you stay at home, watch it if you have these cable TVs and everything, or you go to a coffee house, a bar to watch it with your friends. It's not. It's the first time ever uh, football games are broadcasted through internet in Greece, which is. Uh, so we try and we're constantly trying to educate. Let's say 
the funds, how to use it, what what is easier for them. We're trying to find solutions for the senior funds also that don't have either smart TVs or this type of uh, devices. We've made an agreement with a company that provides SBT boxes for uh, televisions that you have the application to watch it even if your television is not smart TV, so it's easier for them if they have internet connection. They can see it through their television with this uh, box. We also sell professional uh, packages for the coffee house and bars, so the funds can go there. We have uh, made the list of a hotspot uh, showing officially PAOK TV. Uh, that we have a list of around uh, 1,500 uh, coffee houses and, uh, and bars that the funds can go by city. They can navigate to our website and find in their city which are the official hotspots of uh, Bauk TV. They can watch the game there. We do. We made an agreement with, uh, let's say it's OPAP. It's the national betting and gambling company in Greece. Also, the OPAP stores have televisions and they broadcast the game so we made a deal with them as well with a special package so the fans can go also in the, this type of stores to, to watch the game and we have the call center and then support before the games and daily so everybody can call and uh, ask for uh, solutions or advices to watch the game properly without any problem has has all that structure been outsourced or have you brought on more people at the club because that's a big undertaking right it's a big undertaking we talked about the production we talked about the financial side of making the website work and you've got a big infrastructure there that's taken it to the supporters as well and got around some of these issues has this all been outsourced or has the club been prepared to take on full-time people to run this the, the only thing that it's outsourced is the TV production, which is uh, something huge. And, of course, it cannot be prepared for um, uh, one football club from one day to, to the other. So we had uh, the biggest uh, TV production company in Greece. So we, can, we are sure and certain that they know what to do and they have experience from Champions League games. Uh, this is the only thing that is outsourced. All the other things are taken care of uh, in-house. We have the people that are working for the club and also for this project. So we actually didn't uh, upscale a lot our manpower, but we have some uh, help for, for the call center. And for the next season, we are... Uh, talking about in general uh, internal uh, restructuring of of the company so this Park TV project can uh, work as a separate business to your knowledge are you the first club to do this for your league games you're the first club to do this an OTT for normal league games I, I don't know of anyone else doing this individually do you no, I don't. I think we are the only club in Europe this uh, this period of time that we are talking. And I believe in uh, back in 2013, Benfica did something similar, but not as uh, an OTT platform, but a uh, linear channel. But this stopped, I think, after the first year. So, yes, I believe that we are the only ones. Just looking at a wider context, I was thinking about the interview. And you've got a relatively new owner, I think 2012, You've talked about the, some of the problems and issues with the Greek television 
market. You're also a team on the up, trying to play catch up to, dare I say, Olympiacos. I can say that, not you, <laughs> but I'll like Actually, now that we're talking, they are trying to make up. <laughs> okay, okay, but uh, I know that I know that you're unbeaten last season. You're double champions, and you are the best team in Greece at the moment, from what I understand. Even though I think you're second in the league, I could be wrong. But overall, in terms uh, of let's wait. Let's wait for Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. You know, I'm dancing around this. What I'm saying is traditionally, it's like it, look. I'm an Arsenal fan. I'm an Arsenal man and I will always be. But Manchester United are a bigger global brand. My point is that the conditions you've got with potentially playing catch-up in terms of global reach, a, a, a new owner wanting to change things, a market with a certain amount of instability in terms of the TV market. Do you think, looking from trying to take a wider view here, that the conditions were right for you to innovate because I, I looked at your, there was a quote when you launched this scheme from the press release and you said, we pr prefer to see the potential instead of the risk to move away from old business models, which led to bankruptcy, to shape our tomorrow based on the strength of our supporters and to offer services of the highest quality to our own fans, as well as lovers of football everywhere. The future is here. So it seems that you're taking a deliberately disruptive viewpoint, but based on those special conditions that you've got. Do you see the point I'm making there? Yes, we're trying to, to see the bigger picture, generally. We're trying to either forecast or see wh where the football is going. And we believe that football uh, and generally television is going that way. So we wanted to be the first that they had the, the power and uh, the madness, let's say, to be crazy enough and capable of doing it. So this move was also a move going to the future, as our general club uh, motto is, the future is here. And this uh, includes all the things that you've discussed before about being the bigger brand in Greek football about overcoming all the obstacles and all the opponents uh, in Greece and trying to, to look forward. That's our model. That's what uh, generally how the club thinks and we that we run uh, this type of, uh, of business. So we want to see the bigger picture. And also this uh, move was a, a sign of power to see uh, for everybody to see that we don't stay to dead ends. We don't uh, want to be uh, under the influence of anybody. And if they're trying to create any problems with these TV rights and all these uh, things that play a significant role in Greek football, unfortunately, that we have the power and the strength to, to move on our, own, uh, on our own and find our solution to creating new ways and drive the others in our way and not follow the way that others paved. Your new owner came in 2012, you came in 2013. What other changes have you made to to develop the Pauk brand online, digitally, I mean? We've done a series of uh, actions uh, all under the general digital strategy that we've deployed. So we first, and uh, we changed our website. We made a completely new website in 2014 or 15, if I don't remember, or either 16. So we generally change 
our digital strategy and our graphic design and our all look and feel of the club to a more modern, minimal, uh, highly aesthetic, but close to the core of fans uh, so they can feel comfortable with it. We've uh, expanded our uh, social media networks. So we have now around 1 million of acting, active users and they are the most active users in uh, Greek football. Uh, Olympiakos is bigger in uh, total numbers, but far behind us in interaction and uh, this engagement rate. We are trying to constantly create new, exclusive and uh, creative and fun-related uh, content for the fans to, to use. We are, go, we are the most outgoing club in Greece presenting almost everything it actually happens even inside the dressing room this is the that's the way that we created two documentary movies one covering all the preparation for the final of 2018 which was a rather special game for us because it was uh, shortly after a series of incidents that create problem to the club, we were playing in Athens in the stadium of Ike uh, Athens against Ike Athens for the cup final. Uh, because this this game, the final of 2018, was uh, really important for us, coming after a series of incidents that created problem to the club. So we decided to monitor and capture everything happening the week before the game, during the game, and after the game. Then this was transformed into a 42 minutes uh, movie uh, with all the backstage and all the preparation of the final and uh, the fans' reactions and everything. And also last season we've created the 90-minute uh, Invincibles movie for the great season that we had last last year, winning the league and the cup undefeated. So in these movies and generally in uh, our content, the fans are able to see everything is going on in the dressing room, even a few seconds before the kickoff, uh, with the coach speaking, with all the tactical uh, analysis uh, before the game, at halftime, after the game, all the reactions and feel closer to the players, their idols, and uh, be more connected with uh, the club also at, over the past three seasons. We've decided to brand each season with a certain hashtag that it's followed across all our uh, social media platforms and also brand almost all of our players. So the fans, the young generations and also the marketing and merchandise can take advantage of it and sell more and use the hashtags and the nicknames to brand our players. And this works uh, rather good. Did those changes come from the top, uh, your owner, Ivan Savides, I believe it is? Did, did he want that change? Because that's a lot of access. And normally, uh, to, to get that amount of access, you've got to have a lot of buy-in from the top. So, so how much of what you've done has, has come from his, his vision or that of him and his board? We are lucky enough uh, that the board and the owner, Mr. Savidis, is, uh, have a big vision and they are also wanting to do things. So we have uh, the privilege of doing 
what actually we want and we believe that will help the club uh, grow. They never, either the board or the owner, gone into our business to try to tell us, don't do that, do that. No, we have uh, the right to create anything we want. Of course, we discuss with them and they give us the official green light. Okay, do it. But uh, until now, we never had a problem of, okay, this is off limits, don't do that. Uh, even if you think that we'll have the club, I don't want that. No, we have no restrictions so far. And you're showing me some of the magazines that you've produced. And also you talked about your uh, specific um, po- policies and strategies you've you've put in place to attract younger fans. What have you done on that magazines, that magazine front and the younger fans? Uh, we wanted to enhance the brand identity and the brand value in any way that we could. So uh, me, myself, being a journalist uh, starting from sports newspapers and magazines, I'm in love with this type of business, with, uh, with magazines, despite actually being in a digital era. So in 2015, we've decided to create our own club magazine which has nothing to do with uh, club magazines, as you uh, imagine. Even being from England, which club magazines are a lot uh, in very big uh, quality, they're very, very good. But this is something different. This is more in an American type of logic. Uh, I will show you in person, uh, in Vienna also. Uh, This is a state-of-the-art design uh, coffee table books that the fans, the young generation, can connect with their idols through uh, the designs and the approach, which nothing like the traditional approach of, uh, of magazines. So we wanted to implicate this also and try to use our look and feel and graphic design and approach that you can find across all the platforms, either digital or printed and uh, help uh, our fan base to create uh, help to create a bigger fan base uh, using autographs uh, having uh, signs of the players we created events that the fans and the readers of our magazine could come and meet the players and get their magazine signed we've created a lot of this type of action so we can help also the magazine and uh, uh, the engagement with the younger generations. Has it worked? Has it because because it's as you said it's flying in the face of the general strategy, which is to go more digital. And we've mm-hmm. seen in England we do have a history of certainly match day programs and to a lesser extent match day magazines of high quality, but. <laughs> there's certainly a feeling that they might be past their sell by date and programs are um traditionalists are trying to hang on to them but i'm not sure there's a market for them so you're you're bucking the trend a little bit there has it worked for you do you think i mean it will be it's it's high quality and it sounds like a good idea it's got to be financially viable right yes we also trying to adjust the the plan and the strategy according to to the decision so what we've done is we created this magazine in 2015 as i told you as a magazine that had 10 issues per year. So we created the fan base, we created the need to the fans to buy it. 
also to have uh, discounts for uh, the official jersey, autographs and stuff. So we're trying to get them close to us, buying this uh, this magazine. When they, we achieved that, we transformed this magazine into the more coffee table logic covering our club's success. And hopefully over the past three years, we had a lot of successes. So we're actually capable of doing that. And over the past year, going more digital, we've transformed also uh, the, the magazine into an actual coffee table with bigger price. As I've shown you the last issue, the special issue for the cup of 2018 and whole the season, which is uh, 765 pages. Wow. <laughs> wow. It was yeah. sold uh, for 40 euros, so it was more like a collector item that uh, helps the brand identity and the brand value and also is for sp uh, specific funds that are into the business uh, magazines. And we've uh, kept the more magazine articles transformed into digital content with interviews and, and videos. So from now on, this magazine will exist Uh, like a coffee table being printed uh, once or two per year. Yeah, it looked fantastic. Look fantastic. Um, just moving on, what are you doing internationally? Because Pauk, as you say, they won the league, unbeaten last season, won the double, actually, mm -hmm. were unbeaten last season. Um, didn't manage to get in the Champions League, but had a great season. What are you doing to grow them internationally as well? Because that must be significantly... It must be important. It's, it's important to all clubs these days, not just the domestic market, but the overseas market. Yes, we are uh, trying to do that, but we are not uh, over our heads. We are ambitious, but we know where uh, and how we can when we can reach. Being a club from Greece, there is no big room in the international level, and we know that. What we're trying to do is use this digital strategy and this content creation and this uh, graphic design that we impose and which is good in international level not in greek level this is our uh, our view to be good generally how the big clubs in europe perform and not uh, how the big clubs in greece perform because we, are, we believe that we are over this uh, so we are trying to use this graphic design digital strategy approach to be more friendly uh, generally. And we're trying to get attention through this. For example, uh, the video that I've discussed with you before about this uh, midfielder that we bought with the pop-up uh, Facebook m messages. After two weeks, it was, or more, I don't remember the, the time exactly, but it was also used almost in the same way from uh, from Barcelona. Okay, I don't say that Barcelona imitated us, but this shows you that you're in the in, in the right direction. And we try to engage with these type of clubs through uh, our social media. And we had a talk also with Real Betis, uh, signing a player from them. We announced it through Twitter with a conversation with the club. We're trying to be outgoing also in this uh, in this type of way, and we have a, an agreement uh, as an external partner with a company 
you probably know from England, this dugout. So they also help us uh, publishing content from uh, our club to their uh, users, which are more international, and trying to make this type of uh, of deals uh, so the fans abroad know us. And it's also working rather well, I can say, because as uh, you can see, I will send you also some... Uh, infos and some data and some articles a lot of uh, magazines and a lot of newspapers and websites uh, around Europe have uh, made articles about our transformation and uh, our rebranding this digital in this digital era uh, organizations like soccer Bible what only in Instagram have I don't know four or five million of uh, of users so we are trying to be more modern and uh, over the top, not only in TV, but general. Have you defined your tone of voice, the way you talk to your fans? Have you written down a policy? No, we are trying not to be, we're trying to be realistic, truthful and honest to our, to our fans. We're trying to have uh, a tone close to the fans but not too close uh, so they can look uh, more, uh, how can I say it, uh, more unofficial. We're trying to be uh, like the human side of the club, trying to to work all the social media platforms and everything like I am the one behind, like a person is behind and not a machine. We're not trying to be by the book as the marketing guides say that do this, do that, do, do the other. We're trying to be more direct and uh, use and activate the fans' feeling. What about the Olympiakos game? That is coming up at the weekend. Um, normally I don't date the podcast by putting in a, a moment such as that, but it is important because it, it is the big game. And of course, it's, it's the big game in Greece. Um, it's a virtually a title decider. There's only a couple of games left. Is that right? I think I'm right in saying. Uh, not exactly, because it's the first time in Greek football that the champion is going to go out from uh, from playoffs. So it's uh, uh, two games until the regular season uh, is over. But we have ten more games at the playoffs, so it's not this type of title decider. But it's, very, really important because uh, of uh, a lot of situations happening besides and out of football that affects uh, the football itself. So how do you approach that game? Because it's a communications issue, isn't it? Because you don't want to incite any trouble because there has been trouble at these games. We've seen it in the recent past, very unfortunately. So do you have to tread very carefully about what you say, what you do ahead of this game in particular? We are trying to highlight the big differences between the two clubs, uh, make that noticeable, but as you said, not to create uh, or indulge any in trouble before the game. So one of the, the mottos that uh, is gonna, we're going to use in our uh, promo for the game, for the videos as well, is, as I told you, to highlight the differences of the two clubs in philosophy, in politics in general, in football politics, not politics, uh, actually. Uh, so we are approaching this game 
as a game between two worlds. It's our world and it's the Olympiakos world, which for the normal fans of football in Greece, it's not the way to follow. So we want to highlight this, but in a good way, not to indulge the fans to uh, create any trouble. And believe me, over the past uh, three years, the Pauk fans have changed a lot. Uh, there have been a lot of incidents around football, but uh, nothing affected their uh, behavior inside the stadium and nothing happened to our stadium over the past three years. In terms of the tone and the way you speak to them, how much do you look at what they do, what they say, their culture, and try and reflect that back on themselves and make sure that as a club, you're not out of step with your supporters? Because that's, that's absolutely crucial, isn't it? You, you, if you're trying to speak to them one-to-one and be the human face, they've got to think that that human behind that Twitter feed or that, that social media feed understands this club to their very core, right? You, you, you've got to express that. Yes, yes. It's uh, it's essential in our club because Park is an old school and very sentimental football club. Uh, it's the only club in Greece that despite not winning anything for the last 34 years, not me winning a league title, I'm sorry, for the past uh, 34 years, uh, it constantly uh, upgrades it, uh, its fan base. We're the only club that didn't win and actually generated more and more funds from the next uh, from the young generations so it's a club that needs to in- invest in this type of feeling and the connection between the club and the fans because actually the club is its fans so we want to be close to them to be aware that we hear them we give them voice but in the correct way, in the correct amount, so this doesn't affect the club policy and what we want to do in football. We have clo- we have them close, but not so close enough that they can create problems in the strategy. How have Pauk done that? Because success can make your social media and your digital strategy work no matter whether it's good or bad right because yes. if you're successful it, it it grows you having a lack of success a lack of trophies a lack of interest and still growing for me that's the real test of a, of a social media and a digital strategy now i think this is wider than just digital and social but but is there something special about pauk the region it comes from the air it comes from the culture around the city etc that makes it different. I'm interested in the in the fact that it hasn't been winning trophies, but it's but it's been growing. Yes, it's uh, this type. It's a type of club that the father pass pass on uh, the love for the club to its uh, son, its daughter, its relatives. It's this type of club that it's a, a big family. We can call it like a big family. And uh, families stick together, either you are successful or not. So it's not about winning. Pauk is not about winning titles. It's about feeling uh, this sentiment uh, for the club. And as the fans say, in every other club, you have to try to make your son follow the club by buying gifts, taking them to the stadium, winning trophies and stuff. For Pauk, it's easier 
to make a power final. It only has to ta- you only have to take him once at Tuba Stadium, which is totally different. It's you can I cannot describe it until you feel it. You you have to feel it. You have to see it so you can realize it. This is something that cannot be described, and this is the the core and the base of what we do and what we are trying to create generally in a more modern way, but totally respecting this feeling and this special characteristic of the club. So what do you want to do next? Where do you want to take uh, Pauk digitally? We want to constantly keep on evolving, creating, not being afraid to actually do our ideas. We are trying to evolve our uh, TV rights and this uh, platform to make a showcase of what we can do and uh, be next to the fans, be next to the club, be sincere, be honest and be realistic and be ambitious and trying to to create more and more and more content so the fans uh, stay next to the club and we attract more and more fans that uh, know through our digital uh, strategy and it's something that you can see it also uh, happening live when uh, Pauk visits uh, away stadiums to play games you see always before the game kids up of the age of 7 to 12 come and wait for the bus to arrive to, to see the players to have autographs even despite wearing the the jersey of the away team they are trying to to see and meet our players because they have them like like an idol and they want to make photographs with them and take autographs this is something that we need to keep and we need to make it even better and even bigger and uh, we're trying to do that by as i told you before branding our players to a more modern and uh, fun way for example our goalkeeper at last season of the title ceremony did a, a Superman uh, entrance uh, in the stadium and we capitalized that and we used that because superheroes and kids and football players are connected and can create a very good uh, feeling. Well, best of luck for the future and best of luck for the weekend. Uh, and Paros, thank, you very, very thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. You can find Sports Content Strategy on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Go to sportscontentstrategy.com for more information and to sign up to the newsletter. Richard is at Mr. Richard Clark on all social media. Read his blog at mrrichardclark.com. Hold up. 